Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. How in the hell are you? Hopefully you are doing well. I am coming in hot. I am coming in on a day recording this where I am playing catch up. We all know that feeling. You're getting back from vacation. Feels like you need a vacation from the vacation. I'm doing all these things right now to try to get organized for my work week, uh, not get overwhelmed. Also, the transition time, it's so important. And we got back from the vacation. Lovely trip. We'll say that. Lovely, lovely trip. Really enjoyed it. We got good weather, good family time. I was excited to get home and get some personal space back. We had a ton of people jammed into two cabins in northern Minnesota. It was phenomenal. But man, I need my space sometimes. So it's nice to be home. And now I'm sitting here trying to get organized, and obviously a part of that organization process is the Stacking Slabs podcast, so I'm here. I've got a lot of my mind, a lot to say. Um, first and foremost, maybe from the jump, driving from Indianapolis all the way to Nisswa, Minnesota, it's a, it's a beast. It's a beast, especially with the little one. So that was a learning experience. Um, how long can you go before she explodes was kind of the game we're playing. Um, but I think the highlight of all of this was the me returning back to f- fast food. I have not had fast food in years. I haven't had a, re- had a reason. Um, I'm fortunate we live in a very nice pocket of Indy that's got some of the best local food and restaurants around and um, just consume so much good food on a regular basis that I almost forgot fast food existed. How dare me? But when you're behind the wheel and you're rolling, and you need to stop, and you need food, fast food is there. It's available. And I got to return to some of my roots. So I think just some stops along the way would be, um, went back to McDonald's for the first time in a while. I love McDonald's breakfast, but we were, it was, we were on the first leg of the, the journey, and we made it to, you know, Merrillville Crown Point area. And we needed to stop. We needed to, you know, change the baby. We needed to get dinner. And so I said, let's kick this journey off right. Let's go to the Old Faithful. We went to uh, McDonald's and I got a Big Mac. Maybe my first Big Mac in, I don't know, at least five years. And man, so much nostalgia there. Uh, Just loved the Big Mac. Uh, We all know the fries rule. But it was nice to get some McDonald's um, in me. A couple of the other stops along the way, Culver's, shout out to Culver's. If you're unfamiliar with Culver's, I think it's a Midwest thing. I don't know. It's obviously, it's 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 HQ in Wisconsin because any exit you're going at, you're seeing a Culver's. Um, we've got some in Indy, um, but we always like to stop at Culver's in Wisconsin because it feels like you're getting it directly from the source. So Black River Falls, Culver's location. Uh, I tried the spicy chicken sandwich. It was pretty good. Actually, as I'm thinking about this right now, we stopped at Culver's on two separate occasions, one on the way back and one on the way up. Um, I will say it's top tier for me in terms of the fast food. I tried the spicy chicken sandwich, never had it before. Phenomenal. So shout out Culver's. And when the last stop we had, though, on the way home, we're about an hour and a half away from the house. 
it was just raining, and so the baby was crying, so we made a pit stop in Rensselaer, Indiana, and um, hit up Old Faithful, Old Reliable, Taco Bell, always there when it needs you. Um, Shout out Kyle, Wax Museum Podcast, and shout out to anyone from Taco Bell listening, um, or Yum Brands for that matter. Um, Kyle needs a sponsor, Um, Taco Bell, he's your number one guy. I'm a fan, so Taco Supreme, get the cheese cup, get the nachos, Um, cheese gordita crunch if you're getting wild. My daughter tried her first quesadilla. She was loving it. Um, Who doesn't love McDonald's? I got a Baja Blast. Yes, Baja Blast. When I'm at, when I'm eating in store, which I never do, I have to get the Baja Blast. So I am talking more about fast food than I am about my vacation, but it was phenomenal. Glad I could visit some of those spots and bring back some nostalgia. Definitely working off the calories this week. And when I got back home, said, honey, we got to make it back in time. I got to get in front of my TV at 6 p.m. because I want to watch my Pacers Summer League team. And it's like Christmas with this squad because you've got guys that are going to be heavy in the rotation, Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, and I had to see my the rookie Benedict Matherin play. And, man, it was just fun. I think this is going to be a fun time watching this rebuild happen. Just maybe not win a lot of games, but it's if you're not winning a lot of games, you want to see youth and Saw a lot of youth on display. I've already got my schedule blocked. I'm going to watch the game at three today. Uh, But I have never been more excited about summer league play. And I think it's because when your team is in this mode where it's stagnant or stale, and you, although I like a lot of the guys that are went to greener pastures, Malcolm Brogdon, he'll be a good fit in Boston. TJ Warren, who never played for us outside of scoring a thousand points in the bubble, uh, but I still liked him. He went to Brooklyn. But when you start seeing these, uh, it's I, I call it the shedding of the Oladipo era, and it has officially been shed, and now it's time to rebuild. So excited about that. Are you enjoying your summer league team? Are you enjoying what's happening? I know it's crazy. We're seeing these guys for the first time play ball in the summer league, and it's become this event, and we had another event in the Hobby NBA prism dropping. Um, so you're seeing rookies from a year ago for the first time in significant cardboard form and I'm not getting into the mix. I've learned better than that. But I will say, this is my big takeaway on NBA Prism. NBA Prism is a super force, or Prism is a super force within the hobby. And I think whether you like it or not, you need these events and super forces and these releases to get the crowd riled up and excited. And people might do things that you might think is ridiculous, or you might question how people approach a product like Prism. And it might not make much sense. And you might see stuff happen and be like, that can't believe they're paying this now. I can't believe this is getting so hyped up. Just wait from a year from now. We've got data to prove this. It's okay, I think. It is okay. And it is okay to have those opinions. But it's also, I think, good for the hobby to have so much excitement and so many uh, you know, boxes opened and people getting riled up. Um, I think it's just from a collector perspective, you just got to know, right? You got to know that this is a hype machine. Um, You got to know what are the cards or what are the, um, it's all kind of a gamble when you're coming to rookie on the rookie side. And it seems like that's always where a majority of the conversation is. But like for me, it's always like, okay, people are talking about rookies, these big polls and these rookies, like what, what's happening with some of these vet cards? Like where are their opportunities? If I were going to, explore by some NBA cards. And so I think it that to me it's just not not looking 
through the lens of like the mainstream hobby when it comes to one of these events, but trying to find other opportunities. And I think that's what I'm doing when I'm seeing a new product like Prism Drop. I think uh, the significance of the Prism brand across sports on our hobby is astounding. It is, it's gasoline on the fire. And I think we all need a little gasoline on the fire right now as the hob, the national is marching forward and we're going to be there soon. You've got PSA doing $18 uh, a card subs for the month of July. So it's all of these things are kind of culminating and I think will help get our hobby rolling again. And hopefully it's not rolling the way where we've got a bunch of people grading a bunch of base cards. We've got a bunch of people on the internet talking about why you should buy these top five cards now. Hopefully it doesn't return to that form, but hopefully it returns to a place where people are excited. People see opportunity. People feel like they can make some money. People feel like they can collect some cards that are fun. And we get to the other side and things are blooming again. And whether they are or not, I'm going to have fun because there are areas that I'm involved in and collecting and I'm seeing, I'm having more fun than ever before, but I'm just saying from like a macro mainstream perspective, think the prism drop, the national on the other side will be really, really good for what we love. And that is the hobby. I can't believe the NFL is less than 60 days as I record this. Hell, we've got the Hall of Fame game between the Jags and the Raiders on August 4th, which is insanity as I'm looking and recording this right now. Get ready. Get freaking ready. I am so freaking fired up right now that, and I thought this, when I got home from vacation, I was like, the best way to not be depressed that the momentum towards vacation and vacation is over, the number one thing you can do, Brett, the elixir of it all is to believe and to see football on the other side of this. And it is coming. Football is freaking coming. So you've got this this momentum and this, it feels to me like football is always here because I'm so wrapped up in the content. I'm so wrapped up in the, the draft, the free agency, all the periods. Like I could listen and consume content forever. But now we're starting to talk about, okay, I got season tickets. So let's start thinking about the games Let's who's putting down bets, putting down future bets, who's getting organized around fantasy and who is looking at sports cards. And that's why we're here, right? Football collectors stand up this momentum that this segment of the hobby has been on over the last two years has 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 been absolutely phenomenal as my Siri watch is getting fired up talking to me as well. But I just want to say, so I was looking at it. So last year, okay, football Card ladder index, 19% increase. Two-year span, 320% increase. So I think that's ridiculous, okay? So we saw that post-Mahomes-Brady uh, Super Bowl rocket ship in the football card market went insane. Then obviously there was some pullback, but still there's growth within football cards. I think I still see football cards as a viable place especially if you love the game to park your money and buy amazing cards and i know we get shadowed and i'm going to end this episode by talking about some hall of fame opportunities but i know we get shadowed because the rookies and the potentials all in our face but i thought this was interesting and i did some digging before this and i wanted to look at like the quarterbacks and what they've done in the year one year two quarterbacks and i just went to card ladder looked them up looked at their index and in a year time frame, I thought this was 
I don't know. This is, there's a lot to think about here. But okay, Justin Herbert from last year is up 62%. I think we've all seen that in his prices, and we can all go on another conversation about should we be paying prices for a guy that hasn't made the playoffs, although we know he's phenomenal, but we're, we're paying for Super Bowls that are already built in. Seems like a little bit of a gamble. 62% from last year. Joe Burrow, 194%. Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, this guy, he made it to the Super Bowl, second year, phenomenal. Is he going to do it again? AFC's tougher? I don't know. 194%. So the hobby has a lot of confidence in a Herbert and a Burrow. Undeniable. But then you look at the quarterbacks from last year, not so much. Trevor Lawrence, down 74%. Mac Jones, down 67%. Trey Lance, down 74%. Justin Fields, down 93%. Zach Wilson, down 86%. So those cards, while two from a, a couple years ago have seen significant growth, you have the rest of the quarterbacks from last year that have fallen off the table. Now, you can look at this as opportunity. You can look at this as I'm staying away. I think the context that I always look about this is that if they are, if you're looking at these new unproven talent, there are a lot of people parking their money in there is for short term. I think short term game, short term potential. I think that's a game that I don't necessarily play anymore. I've learned my lesson. I've learned that's not where I want to spend my time in the hobby, but I think it's something that we need to be mindful of where if you really like Mac Jones or if you really like Zach Wilson, because their cards as a whole are down significantly over the last year, now might be a good time to buy those players, okay? Now, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, to me, it's like you can't, it's going to be hard to expect buying their cards and flipping it for double or triple because it's almost like can those in a short period of time because it's like can those cards really elevate in that that period i don't know i'm not here to forecast i'm not here to talk about markets but i'm here to think have us all think a lot about the prices we see and what's happening on with football for me my cup of tea veteran players i like the veteran i like the proven talent i like the retired talent more on that later but this is going to get going. I know the national is going to be a big opportunity for a lot of football, football cards to be discussed and talked about. I just wanted to reflect there. I am so freaking excited. Week one NFL can't get here enough. I also want to put a plug in here, a six part trailer on the athletics football, football podcast on, on that channel of the athletic Zach Kiefer, who's a local writer of Indianapolis explored Basically, what happened with Andrew Luck? What's the story? Interviewed a bunch of people. Six-part series dropped on Monday. So if you're listening to this, it has already dropped all six episodes. It's called Luck. As a Colts fan, as an Andrew Luck fan, I'm so excited about listening to this. I love this type of content, especially in an audio format. Zach Kiefer does phenomenal work. He's one of the local writers um who the athletic picked up that i just i've always liked his work he's a storyteller he's the perfect guy to facilitate this piece of content so excited for that if you're interested in learning more about luck go check that out i probably will have already been done be done with all of the episodes by the time you listen to this the topic that i want to talk about on today's episode going back to kind of the five tools and i want to talk about this idea of exploration and this idea of being curious. Um, 
And I think these are very, this is a very important topic to hit on because I think that the more we all can remain curious and the more that we can be explorers in the hobby, the better the experience we're going to have and the more opportunity that we're going to find and the better we're going to connect with the hobby that we all love. So when I hire someone professionally, I have two of the top qualities that I'm examining when I'm hiring someone or in the hiring process is I, I look for intelligence, which I think anybody should be looking for that when adding new teammates. You know, it, intelligence is something you cannot teach. You can gather insights and intelligence by the way people communicate, by the previous work that they've done, um, the ideas they come with to the table, presentations that they give throughout this process. So I'm always evaluating intelligence because you cannot have enough intelligent people. The second probably most important quality next to intelligence I look for is curiosity. I think I look for curiosity because I think curious people are inquisitive thinkers. What do curious people do? Okay, they ask questions. They are forcing the conversation further. They're forcing, try to gather information by asking questions. Think about any line of work you're in. If you're in a line of work, if you have an individual that you work with and they are asking questions, and I don't mean asking questions just to ask questions, but you know, ask questions to gather information. Those people are probably curious and those people are also probably intelligent people. I think they seek a better understanding for what's being put in front of them. They aren't butthurt by having to do research. They actually really enjoy it. They love to form their opinions and I think they love to become independent thinkers. And being an independent thinker and being able to present ideas and information based on your own research and curiosity usually com- usually produces better outcomes than just taking what you're getting at face value. I think why curiosity curiosity matters more now in the hobby probably than ever before because I think we should all question everything at the surface level. I think the easiest thing to do is take what someone is saying online or in content and believe it, okay? You should question me. If you're listening to this show, you should be asking questions. Why is he doing the show? What are my motives for doing the show? What am, what am I trying to get out of this? If we aren't questioning what's in front of us, then I think we're being lazy. I think the, antith- like, the complete antithesis of being lazy is someone who's on an exploration and someone who is curious. I think a general lack of curiosity is the catalyst of hobby growth gimmicks that typically aren't sustainable. I think this is when the hucksters come in and try to sell the segment of the population on something with no substance and people buy it because the people who buy that are lack curiosity. And I think one of the biggest concerns that I have around the hobby right now is the lack of independent thinking and lack of curiosity. And I would hope that a majority of the listeners of this show don't fall into that bucket. And I get feedback from you to confirm that every week. I think there's a balance of being skeptical and being curious, and that can be the superpower that we all have in the hobby. So what's the application? What does this mean? How do you use it? I think having a confident understanding of why you are here is probably the most important thing you can turn to. So are you here to make money? Is Are you here because it's an escape? Are you here because you love collecting? Is it a distraction? Is it a combination of everything? I think finding that is really, really important. And that's a great way to start 
your path of curiosity. I think having a focus, the more focus we get, the stronger it is to impose our curiosity on segments. So we get smarter about the players that we collect, the sets, the years, the parallels. Being curious about a, a, a primary focus allows you to gather really, really rich information and data that's going to help you become a better collector, whether you like it or not. Um, never being satisfied, always wanting to learn more. I think, you know, I've referenced this until my eyes are blue or my face is blue, but the Manning chat. I'm a professional learner. So I don't have the experience as some of the collectors I have in the Manning chat. So that's why I lean on them to gather information. They have experience. That's why I ask questions. The more I lean on my network to ask questions and gather information, the better off we are. I never come from a place of saying, I know more than you, or I have information, or I, I, I'm talking at you. Like That's stupid. I think that's such a shitty position that so many of us have to deal with in the hobby is that like this authority position. It's like, you don't like people who come at you in their content and communication, like they're coming from a place of authority, likely are, um, have some sort of insecurity and likely don't have the, the knowledge that someone that you could just meet on Instagram would have and might just keep to themselves. I think the more you see people putting themselves out there as the authority and subject knowledge, subject matter expert on cards, the market topics, that's when you should, red flags should go up. At least they are for me. And I think being curious opens the door for new lanes of collecting. Because I'm curious about a specific set or a parallel, then I end up buying cards in that set or parallel that I might not have before. One of those examples for me would be 2006 Topps Finest Gold X-Fractors. Beautiful card, out of 10, phenomenal, so pretty. But And I, I landed a Philip Rivers not too long ago. I posted it on my Instagram. And when I go through my case, it's a card I always pick up. Got the, It's gorgeous. It's got the aesthetics. It's limited. It's out of 10. It's beautiful. And because I have one, I want more. But I never would have gone down that path if I didn't have that one card. So then what did I do? Set, put up a save search. Uh, Edgerin James, even though he was in a Cardinals uniform, came up and I said, I collect Edgerin James. And I was never imagined I would buy Edgerin James Cardinals cards, but I need this card because it's a beautiful card and it aligns with another player that I have. And I love the card itself. That's being curious led, led me to a new lane and new purchases. And that's what I love. And I think I love that. And if you're really curious, you'll start to see new save searches pop up. And you'll start to create those safe searches because you want to explore new areas and new ideas. I just think curiosity is freaking underrated. And I think the more we can be curious, the better off we are. Shout out to all you curious people out there. Hopefully that resonated with you. I got back from my vacation and I had some mail days and boy, did I ever. So I posted a couple of these as I'm, as I've, uh, uh, as I'm recording this right now. So I already posted that Edrin Gold X Fractor. Go check that out on my page. I also landed via auction a 2008 Bowman Chrome Matt Ryan Gold Refractor out of 50. I have been after this card. I love the fact that it's out of 50 as opposed to the Chrome 08 Gold Refractors out of 199. That, uh, not my favorite year, the year Ryan's a rookie in Chrome. Um, 
I'm probably going to end up getting a copy of that card at some point, but I would rather have the Bowman Chrome based on the scarcity. And I actually like the the image on the card and I love the way it's designed. So I was thrilled to get one of those cards. I ended up getting a 2000 Marvin Harrison, the Bomb Rubies to pair with my Peyton. I can't wait to get that photo together with those together. My Peyton is at PSA. Probably send my Marvin there too, and we'll get that photo at a later date. And got some more Matt Ryan. So I ended up picking up his 2021 uh, Gold Shimmer and Gold Prism jersey numbered. I don't know why I got the Gold Shimmer. It was cheap, and I thought this would be cool. So I ended up getting those. I'm going to probably take a photo as and, and publish that to my Instagram too. But I just, I, I'm loving the, and this is what I've been doing for quite some time is buying raw, buy rare cards raw that I love. and grading them myself i have some more mail coming excited to post some of those cards but that is what i got on my return day one back from vacation hopefully you enjoyed that episode with drake's pc on friday i got a lot of good feedback i always enjoy talking to my man drake this week i'm talking to justin vol in nc cards he is on a pmg chase i want to talk about that he's a good collector in the hobby really enjoy his page collects a lot of McNair, Eddie George stuff, um, some Peyton Vall stuff. So this will be a good one. Um, and I want to close out the episode here by just talking a little bit about, uh, we talked about rookies and hype on the NFL side, just talking a little bit about Hall of Fame football. So I was, my my nephews do this thing. They always ask me like, Brett, what's your most valuable card you have? And I always hate that question. And I never really know how to answer it because quite frankly, like I'm not really sure I know. Maybe I have an idea, but I feel like if I just answer that question, then I can't help them out. And they're young and in the hobby, ripping packs, doing all the fun stuff that we did when we were younger. And so um, it got really got me thinking. And I, t- I responded to them and I said, you know, probably um, could be a Peyton Manning card I have. And my nephew's response was, was interesting. And it also got me to think because I was in their spot at one point during my collecting. And he, they said, ah, oh, Peyton Manning, he doesn't play anymore. And Granted, um, one of my uh, nephews is going to be in second grade. The other one's going to be in fifth grade this year. So thinking about their lifetime and not even really getting a chance to appreciate a guy like Peyton, I thought that was interesting. He doesn't play anymore. And so I think, yes, if you're young and you're collecting, and even if you're old and you're collecting, there's something about the fact that someone not playing anymore, it makes them less desirable. I get that because there's less opportunity for short-term games. The positive is the long game. You've got the whole body of work. You've got a kind of maybe a steady growth and steady rise over a longer period of time. I find I like the safer side of it. I, I like spending more money on proven talent. And I also like the uh, kind of price discrepancies and the differences you can get on getting a rare Hall of Fame talent as opposed to a, a new modern hyped prospect. So I thought that was interesting, and it, it led me to explore a little bit. And I thought, okay, well, what what is some information that I could give them that would resonate from a you know monetary perspective? And so I went into Card Ladder, looked at some indexes, uh, indices, excuse me, over a two year period. And so I tried to like do a wide range of guys that I don't normally talk about, but just since 2010, like what, who are some Hall of Famers I can pull up, look over. Um, kind of a, a two-year period and see what their cards have done. And so that then I could say, well, yeah, 
it might seem like the trendy thing is to buy Justin Herbert cards right now. Sure, if you're maybe playing the short game, but a safer buy of a player who has already in the Hall of Fame. Let's look at what they they their cards have done over a longer period of time. So that's what I'm doing here. So here are the here are the ones. I pulled up enter the Hall of Fame in 2021, Calvin Johnson. Over the last two years, his index is up 38%. 2019 Hall of Fame inductee, Randy Moss. Over the last two years, his index is up 117%. 2017 inductee, LaDainian Tomlinson, up 38%. 2016 inductee, Brett Favre, up 213%. 2010 inductee, Jerry Rice, up 177%. So that gives me some information to go back to them and, and talk about why I collect Peyton Manning and why it makes sense to buy some of these proven talent as opposed to taking the risk on the other side. But I thought that was really interesting. I thought something that I don't feel like necessarily gets talked about enough is Hall of Fame football. And I think there's a, based on the trends that I'm seeing, there's a really good opportunity to put some of your money in buying some of those guys who all have a bust in Canton, who've been there, who we had their jerseys when we were growing up. It might not be as glamorous as attaching yourself to a current player that's going to be playing and dancing in the end zones on Sunday, but it might be safer on the other side. That's what I'm trying to do. That's how I'm trying to evolve in the hobby. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the follow. Follow me across all the social channels. I'll be back. Take care. Talk to you soon.